Because oh, we're, we're we're losing good content here. Well, we're losing talking content. about kung fu milfs and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> yes, we're we're losing content. I'm not I'm not gonna put a value judgment on the quality of said content, but we are in fact losing content. So let's let's welcome the audience to the penultimate episode of Mentioned in Dispatches for this season. Um, again, it's it's tough to keep the numbers straight anymore at this point in the season. So we're just going to roll with it. And and longtime listeners know that at least once, not at least once, but every year in the fall, one of the things we have is a very shouty and angry and rant-filled, unassembled bag of parts as we yell about the Charlies, generally making fun of whatever happened to accidentally win something it shouldn't have. Uh, but the problem with this year we is twofold. And, and Jim, we have spoken about this. We have two problems this year. The first one is the Charlies aren't actually going to be out this year. We're not going to know who won. Uh-huh. We'll see. The, the, what? The what? We'll see. Are you yeah. breaking so, news right here? No, I, I'm not promising a date, but we're trying to get it out this year. Oh. Yeah. So the second problem, as you could guess by the voices joining us here on the podcast, is it's really tough to get into some shouty, angry rant about how dicked up the Charlies are when one of your good friends is running the damn program now. I so, disagree so Gary, completely. How am I supposed to reconcile this? That's your problem as the host. You've got to make this confrontational somehow. <laughs> oh, I'll be, yeah, oh, please. That's what, oh, please. really, that's what Jim's here for. Yeah, that's why I brought Jim along. Yeah, Jim, you'll be happy you know, to know that next year we're adding 13 Napoleonics categories. Best yes. Napoleonic game without a map. Best it's Napoleonic. A, it's a, it's best a 20, Napoleonic it, game with hat. Best it's a 20, Napoleonic, it's a 20 year Napoleonic period, game sans hat. It's a 20 year period, Gary. 20 years. <laughs> I'm aware. So it's uh, best game per year. <laughs> one per year. Best Napoleonic game featuring Davu. Best Napoleonic <laughs> game not featuring Davu. Best game best. about the hypothetical sword, site betwe- sword fight between Bernadotte and Davu. Oh, best game ever. What are you talking about? That's a that's a sure Charlie's Hall of Fame game. Good time, Bomba design. <laughs> he's yeah, he's gonna he's gonna Photoshop himself into a picture at Osborne Essen. <laughs> Jim's gonna want four categories alone on best games of varying scales on the eighteen oh nine campaign. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Jim, have we seen a game on the eighteen oh nine campaign come out in the last five years? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. I'm waiting for no, Kevin I... to redo his. That, that yeah, doesn't we, we, stop we all are from playing yeah. them all. Yeah, no, I mean we've no like we both of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're both Kevin Zucker designs, right? Of course, because they're all Kevin Zucker designs. Right. You know, he kind of no his eighteen. We're going to have was... a category for best Napoleonic game designed by Kevin Zucker, and then another Kevin, uh, another category best Napoleonic game designed by Kevin Zucker while wearing a funny hat. <laughs> Kevin be... actually isn't into the whole hat thing. He's a he's a serious dude. Uh, I I've often wanted to have a game, you know, best game designed by Kevin Zucker that's still in the shrink wrap, and you know it's a forgery. <laughs> There's a best best Kevin Zucker Napoleonic design, best Napoleonic design inspired by kevin zucker best napoleonic design by someone trying to rip off kevin zucker best oil (laughs) best oil painting of kevin zucker (laughs) you know you guys make fun creepiest cardboard stand-up of kevin zucker i would 
Oh, is it weird to have a stand-up of Kevin Zucker? A little bit. Okay. It's okay. So, Jim, it's only weirder if it's laying down. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure I stand it up before I turn on the camera. All right. So, as as the listeners have probably surmised at this point, we're we're only nominally staying on topic about the Charlies, but you know, it it is what it is. So, first of all, Gary, ta- did you lose a bet? Like, how did you end up in Charlie? <laughs> it sure feels like it, doesn't it? So, <laughs> you know, as as we probably have established for those. Who listen to the shows over the last couple of years that Charles S. Roberts Awards came back in 2020 for the awards year 2019. So games released in 2019. And there were a lot of issues with the categories, with the nominees, with the winners, the winner. Um, some of that advice, I'll call it advice, uh, meaning bitching uh was was taken into account uh in some some category modifications that happened in 2021 for the awards year 2020 which is the last one but you know there were some there's still like a lot of structural problems that are obviously still there and one of those structural problems is the absolutely insane post process for determining who the nominees are um and then so the the 2022 awards for awards year 2021 which is the one that we've just announced the nominees uh, was just, that just process just wasn't happening. Um, and uh, I don't know that it's more complicated necessarily than that that process is just not workable. Um, it's just incredibly impractical and required an enormous outlay of time and effort by several people to make sh- to, to get that done and, and not only get it done, but get it done inside a reasonable time. And I think we had, uh, uh, I don't know, when did we make the announcement? About two weeks ago? Ish. Feels like about two weeks ago. So it would have I mean, been like- time people are listening to this it'll be you know yeah. a little more than that but sure very early november we made the announcement of the nominees and, and launched at the same time the final ballot and uh that's open now as of as of right now so brad if you want to put the link to the ballot just depending on when this is going live the ballot will be live till december 10th so by all there's means, still time for people to vote the ballot is linked to this episode um go. all good war gamers should go vote all bad war gamers should you know vote for whatever jim tells them to vote for all bad war gamers should definitely vote for you boat uh, which is not in, <laughs> in fact, the category of best map in the category of best map when it doesn't have a map um did you see the change that was made now so so i you know i I'm, i came in after well after actually the the nominating ballot process had wrapped up right so i i i took the position that uh we couldn't make any changes to the con the, the the categories or the process now because these are the categories that people voted on in the nominating round so for this year we're kind of stuck with that for next year we'll we'll reevaluate um but thanks to the pretty exhaustive and intense uh, uh, process that we undertook to to turn the nominating ballots into a set of nominees. Uh, I think we do have you know, problems with the categories aside. Uh, we have a solid set of nominees that all belong in their categories. They all released in 2021, despite uh, whoever those trench club people are's efforts to create confusion about that. Because like as soon as we did this, they launched a new trench club Kickstarter. And people are like, what What do you mean? That's not even out yet. And you no, know, this is the 2021 trench club. Totally different product. Thank you, trench club people. Now, the new one technically is called trench club club legacy yeah so, right but that's still it's still cre- i got questions from the populace about that yeah so i was at you know i was asked 
there was apparently some some insane person said, hey, Gary would be a, a great sucker slash person to take over this thing. Um, <laughs> and a, a conversation, you know, with a, a several people on the board and, you know, involving Roger McGowan and, and some other folks happened and it was extended to me. And I said, uh, sure, I got plenty of free time, right? I can manage this. Fortunately, yeah. the good news is that the, the big lift for 2020, 2021 awards year is now over. It'll be very easy to figure out who the final winners are. We'll have to do some work with the data because I know some people have voted twice. Don't vote twice. Just vote once, but vote, right? <laughs> so um, so we got to, you know, we'll have to be a little careful with that. But other than that, um, uh, the big lift is over with. And the goal for next year, we want to hit the ground running in January and uh, get the process started so it doesn't take 11 months to complete. And, uh, you know, we're we're starting to have those discussions about how the processes are going to have to change, some changes to the categories to make them clearer, right? Uh, yeah. We had some issues, which Jim will, Jim will love this, actually. Uh, Jim, have you seen the game Lavende oh, yeah. against the odds? Okay. Yep. Cool, cool looking game, by the way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I haven't played it yet, but I, I ordered it. Um, which category does that fit in? It's Napoleonic. Yeah, it is. Except that does it have Napoleon or one of his marshals in it? Nope. It does. Well, Aug- it's got his mar- It's get- Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Augereau's in it. Yeah. So, right. uh, and there's a counter for Napoleon in it. So, what category does it go into? Because that what's turned the, out to be the, the criteria. The criteria no, was. Seen, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what is the criteria Napoleon? for Napoleonics was includes Napoleon or one of his marshals. And I understand the impetus behind changing the category in that way, but basically that turned it into an obscure historical fact categorization, right? Where if you happen to know that Augereau got sent to the Vendée to put down the rebellion and or that Napoleon got ordered to the Vendée to put down the rebellion and said, uh, no, I'm not doing that. And went yeah. all for like three months until he showed yeah, that's, up back to Paris. That, that's, that's kind of, okay, go ahead. Right. Yeah. No, so, so it's, you know, there's, there's still category problems and I'm still going to take a position that, that, there's too many categories for stuff that we shouldn't be given awards. We shouldn't be giving Charles S. Roberts awards away for anyway. Uh, but those discussions are starting to happen, and it's not going to be just me making those decisions by fiat. What is We're Napoleon? Have... Why is there a Napoleon counter? Because do you not want, in that scenario, do you not want the alternate history opportunity? What if Napoleon oh, okay. went That's there? That's what they're doing. Okay, I mean, got it. yeah, okay. I would never have considered designing a game on that topic without having a Napoleon counter in it. So so the guy who gets really chuffed about the fact that there's like World War Three. all Alter, alt, alt history games in Europe is totally fine with the alt history of Napoleon flipping sides on this rebellion. Well, that's a minor aspect to the game, but it's a it, it, it raises a question about what category a specific game that kind of falls in the wibbly wobbly zone between categories fits in, right? Well, um, yeah. Can so, I ask the more Can I ask the more fundamental question as I pull sure. it down off my shelf? Sure. Was that not released in the ATO annual in 2019? That's what it says, but ATO says it was released in 2021. We talked to them. I'm aware of that but mm. it didn't nominate it anyway so it, it's it's not actually a problem as far as we're concerned in this particular case okay yes. okay so i, I mean come on you? jim you don't expect games that are supposed to be released in 2019 to be released in 2019 do you I, you've been doing this for too long i you know better than that so this brings up the question that if if somebody designs some alt history something or other that has the French throw their lot in with the U.S. in the War of 1812 and send an expeditionary force to New Orleans to help reinforce Andrew Jackson and includes one of Napoleon's marshals, does that become eligible for the Napoleonics category? 
I think that's, I think it fits better. There is no good category for something like that, for that particular Thai Bomba design. So, um, <clears throat> it's a theme, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. But, uh, but I mean, you know, Napoleon or one of his marshals, it does also have to be set between 1793 and 1815, right? So, uh, World so, 1812, Battle of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things that we yelled about in, in 2020 was, was, uh, uh, Dawn's Early Light, which yeah. I think got nominated. And it's a War of 1812 game. Does this belong in the Napoleonic category? I don't, don't think yeah. so. Well, um, but at the time, I think that one was only time bound and didn't have the additional stipulation of Napoleon or one of his marshals. Right. Right. And, and and that's you know that's problematic because you're calling it a Napoleonic category when it's got yeah. you know only peripherally related to Napoleonic topics and there's other stuff happening on the planet between 1793 and 1815 too that have nothing to do with Napoleon so a lot of you know a lot of tweaking and, and fine tuning needs to be done to those category definitions uh, yeah. there's a long precedent for a couple of things if you look back at the history of the Charles S. Roberts Awards and think about um uh you know what 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 awards were given in the 70s and the 80s in the 90s up to 2013 when they stopped um and there's ample precedent for changing categories changing and for historic mm-hmm. like periodized categories right that started out as best game and then it went to best world war ii game best pre-world war ii game and best post-world war ii game yeah um which is fine on, on the face of it but then you got to think about you know how many games fall into each of those categories right post-world yeah. war ii is a far smaller category than than world war ii but even of pre-world war ii right because that, that yeah. that's a lot of space right a lot of a lot of temporal real estates taken up by before 1939. Well, but I think and, at the time at which they were putting those categories out there, the the available games may have fairly easily sort of fallen into those in roughly equal proportion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. so... The, the point is that there it's not like the, the categories have never been changed. I mean, the categories yeah, changed yeah. significantly between the last two years. And, and, you know, we expect them to change again for next year. And we'll we'll see what that looks like. I, I want to have that decided by the end of the year. So, like I said, we can hit the ground running. Uh, and, but I'm and, but I'm generally I'm very pleased with the work that we did under pretty significant time constraints. I don't like I said, it wasn't just me or it would have been another two weeks. But um, <laughs> of, of, you know, going through those like open text field nominating ballots is so you know and that a lot of people just put trash in there uh you know <laughs> games that released in 1981 it's like okay well sorry we you know we, we tried to to retain voter wishes whenever we could so if, and this happened is somebody uh submitted a napoleonic game but they put it in the world war ii category uh well that's not a valid vote but they had an open if they had an open slot in the napoleonic category we moved it there yeah so we tried to keep as many you know we tried to recognize the excellent games that were released in 2021 and i think we've succeeded at that and we tried to retain as many as much of the voter input as we we could and i think we succeeded at that too but maybe maybe we're not a hundred percent at that but a revised nominating process will address those issues for next year such that it's not 80 man hours worth of work anymore to figure out who the nominees are going to be risk you know and everybody's got a day job right the vast yeah. budget of the charles s roberts awards does not in, uh, include funds to send me to Cancun to do the announcements on Christmas. So, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, you I know, don't know that pocket lint gets you that far. Yeah. Everybody's got a, you know, everybody's got a day job here. So, so, uh, you know, it was, it wasn't going to be with that in mind that it, it, it was about 80 man hours. Uh, it was going to take w- a, a matter of weeks at absolute minimum to do it. And if it had just been me, it would have taken two months. Yeah. I think, I, I think everybody understands that this is a transitional year for the, the Charlies, particularly that it was started under one leader regime and you know there was a regime change in the middle there there was there was a coup well i i, I hope not 
And that was actually like something I said. It's like, look, I don't want to force anybody out, right? I don't want to get in a pissing contest with somebody else over leadership here. If, if that person has has left, okay. Uh, but if they're you know they're trying to stay, then I, then I'm not interested. Yeah. Uh, and that 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 situation was clarified. Um, so we got uh, we got that we got the the nominating ballot data. Messy as it was, it was was more than enough to give us, I think, solid a solid set of nominees. Yeah. Yeah. I know that years ago when I ran the Reader's Choice Awards for uh, for another website, um, we we had you know we had two rules basically for those is, people. Yes, one is the the. It, the readers had to nominate like we as the staff were not throwing our own recommendations in to the voting that the readers had to nominate it and we had a public record of that because you could go back and look in the forums where we had an open thread starting at the beginning of the year whatever you nominate we're going to include the the other rule was it had to actually be released in that year so that took a little bit of research just confirming things were released in that year um, if you nominated it it went on the ballot if you didn't nominate it it didn't go on the ballot and and based on what was nominated we did change categories a little bit from year to year. Some years we had enough sort of generic family game type of nominees to put them in their own category. Best game on the War of Jenkins' ear. Yeah. (laughs) Other times we had to consolidate a few things, but we also had both digital and tabletop. So on the digital side, we would would separate out like the RTS and arcade type things from the turn-based strategy ones. Um, We'd put, if we had enough nominees, we'd put the flight sims in their own category. If we didn't, then the flight sims got collapsed into something else. There was often times once the voting went live, we'd get people complaining, why wasn't this game, you know, one of the options? Well, because nobody nominated it. Go, here's the link to the forum. Go look at what was nominated. If nobody nominates it, it doesn't go on the ballot. If somebody does, it goes on there somewhere. And we had both the digital and tabletop game of the year where we put literally every game. We didn't put the expansions of the DLCs, but but literally every standalone game went on that list together. One year, somebody nominated one of the, like, the Euro Truck Simulator or something like that. They ended up getting grouped Combat with one of the Euro other. Truck Simulator. Yeah. It's still a blitz on air. We got to have him on to talk about that mod. <laughs> But it, it went in the category with the other sort of family and general interest games for the individual game, but it still got thrown in the list with everything else that was nominated for as a game, as a standalone game for game of the year. I got like four votes for game of the year, you know. I, it well, might I hear have been it's good that, if you're into that. Yeah. Well, it might have, I think it was the year that like Command Modern Air Naval Ops was released or something. Oh, jeez. So, okay. Yeah, that, that kind of steamrolled a couple of categories. You'd, but, you'd, you'd think. Yeah, but, but in any event, that we were completely transparent about the fact that this thing was 100% a pure popularity contest. Mm-hmm. We we made no bones about it. We put we put no value judgment on the quality of the nominees. If you nominated it and it was eligible based on the year it was released it went in the the voting somewhere and if it wasn't eligible because the year then we'd kick it out but otherwise and it was in there somewhere and and we didn't care if people stuffed the ballot box like it was always a it, it was it was the baseball all-star game right it was a hundred percent popularity contest we never pretended otherwise and people learned to accept it for what it was it also made our job a lot easier because we could always blame the public right you know it's, it's these aren't our choices this is a reader's choice well you yeah guys, that's that's 
true. And I'm, you know, don't be, don't, don't be shocked to hear me say that about, about some of the nominees or even winners. I mean, um, I'm one of very small number of people who I was able to look at the data. So I have, you know, I could, I won't, but I could, you know, I know who's in the lead in some of these categories and they're sometimes not the ones I voted for. So yeah. in fact, quite often they're the, not the ones I voted for, but I, you know, I, my vote's just not any more valid than anybody else. One of the, you know, sort of the, sort of the, you're, you're talking about your people's choice awards, which I think just from the name tells people what kind of award that it is, right? The, yeah. The, yeah. the name Charles S. Roberts, right? This is the guy mm-hmm. that literally founded our hobby with Tactics One in 1954, I believe. Uh, started Avalon, Avalon Game Company at the time, later to be Avalon Hill, and then later to be, of course, absorbed by the, the parasites that has. You have the guy with the Von Reiswitz avatar, and you're talking about Charles S. Roberts being the right. founder of all of this. Well, I, I know I'm not talking to Jim here, right? So, well, that's fine too, but I mean, in terms of the the the, the, the hobbyist, I know as gamer, a hobby, right? not as a yeah. thing. Right. I mean, Von Reiswitz isn't selling his stuff on a shelf at Target, right? So, or, or KB Toys, I suppose. <laughs> Don't be hurtful. He could be. I'm just saying. That would be. I'll it's tell you that- what. There was a Kriegspiel set that showed up on the shelf at Target. I would probably buy it. It's prop. I would probably probably I'd buy buy two just to try and make sure that it was successful enough that Target would keep stocking that. Oh my God! Yeah, there you go. So, but I mean, the the, kind of the mission, the core mission of the Charles S. Roberts Awards is is and always has been to recognize excellence in conflict simulation. You know, historically, that's meant not just the games themselves, but some of the peripheral things to the games Mm -hmm. analysis articles and magazines and and computer games, which are not in and of themselves invalid as simulations. um, but at the same time, right, we've got a lot of attention being pl- paid to computer games, for instance, that and, and a couple of years ago, we had like six computer game. Ca- I don't know if it was that many, but there were several computer game categories more than and, there needed to be. For the right. Charles and I just don't Wars. know that. Uh, and again, you know, this isn't going to be me making these decisions. We're going to talk about it and then have a votes and stuff imagine that but you know it's it's going to be my position that that we need to get the core mission right of recognizing excellence in conflict simulations and showing people by you know kind of by the 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 nominees and the winners that we put forward that these are really are even if the you know even if you disagree about the winner there isn't there isn't an unworthy game on this list anywhere yeah on this list of nominees so we're not going to sit here and go through every one of the nominees and all the different categories because we'll do that when we actually talk about the winners oh we're not um in next season now we'll we'll, we'll do it when we talk about the winners because that, well, i don't think really... we need to actually because i think that i think the whole thing is i mean we might disagree about categories and stuff like and category construction but as the categories are currently construed i don't think there's really much of a problem with anything that's on no, here and no, that was but, the but... bulk of our content in the last two years was us complaining <laughs> about this game or that game and how it doesn't belong in this category and how it's garbage and blah 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 blah, blah. yeah but i think one of the things that we've always done though is that we we would talk about the games that were in each of the categories with the winner and you know hey was was this the right winner for this category or do we think this other game should have been should have won or what do we think about the nominees is there something that was nominated that that, that wasn't nominated that should have been etc etc so that kind of conversation and i'm pretty sure i said this in at least one maybe both of the last two years is entirely healthy um mm -hmm. i I think i think i am looking forward to hearing what people think about about that once we announce yeah Ah. Ah. 
So I, I want to hold off on that until we get to the winners where, where we actually talk about the ones in each of the categories. But I do want to ask in terms of the ones that actually made it into the nominee cut. Obviously, there's there's some quality control you had to do to sort of weed out the, the 1981 games or to, to, you know, Napoleon did not, in fact, fight in World War II, that kind of stuff to, to clean up. If I'm looking at best early gunpowder board war game and there's four nominees in there, were those simply the four that were nominated the most were they was you know were they the only four was there like you know so no there was you guys picked which four how did you get to the the ones that are actually the nominees in each of them? well the, the process is just a nominating vote this is just numbers so the, the so taking early gunpowder as our example so the current charter seems to imply that you shouldn't have more than four nominees in any category so what happens there? And it's all votes. So so one of these four games had the most votes. One had the second most votes. One had the okay. most votes, so on and so forth. But what happens if you have a three-way, if you have four nominees, one, two, three, and four, and then you have a three or four-way tie for number five? How do you how do you handle that? So so those were decisions that we had to make. We were going to have eight nominees for this category. I wasn't comfortable with that. Uh, but there was at least one case, World War II, where we did feel that it was, it was safe to include an extra nominee. We have six yeah. nominees. Most the categories have all the categories have at least three nominees some have four most have five and one has six yeah yeah so let me um, ask jim if there's if they look you know having looked at this list is there anything that's that screams to you this is outrageous and i am gonna stamp my little feet now <laughs> would you it, it's it's funny what i've been doing uh, while I've been listening to your comments, I've been kicking around with the uh, online to sort of see the face of the chart. And I realized, uh, how do I put this gently? The uh, former management is the dominant social media presence. Is it? Yeah. As you search for the Charlies. Oh, on Google? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, that might be the case. A, that, that's that's largely, I think, at this point, a function of the the relative short time yep. that the new management yeah. position has been live. That that only so many things have had, you know, an opportunity to even link to it, or or I don't want to say manipulate like it was an intentional manipulation of it, but to impact the Google algorithm that will eventually point stuff towards the current management. Yeah, and and, and so you know, I don't I don't want to get into much because there's a lot I don't even know about exactly what went down here but uh, I, I guess I'll just say that the new leadership did not receive credentials from the old leadership uh, regarding the Twitter account or the Instagram account or the Facebook account or the webpage so we had to start all those from scratch and I think frankly I think we're doing pretty good at that um, the, uh, the the Facebook group which is intended as a place where people can go to talk about the Charles S. Roberts awards right it's not just there to kind of put a footprint on the on the moon right uh it's it's there for people to talk about and we'll we'll get into more of that as you know as we are able to time wise but we've already got over 400 followers on the new twitter account um where you know i'm good enough with twitter since that's my primary social media platform uh to make sure there's posts scheduled to you know show show people what the nominees are and tell people how to get to the ballot and all that stuff maintain the flow of content so you know that that having been said um let me say this first because i've wanted to make a record of this from my own views no matter what i say in the future this is true it is always easier to tear down than to build sure um building is the hard thing creating is the hard thing tell me about it 
(laughs) (laughs) And and that's true even if the people that... I, I, I agree. There's no sense in looking back, but it, that's true. Even if you have cooperation and a smooth handoff, I'll just say that much. Yeah. And, and, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't some incredible trauma, but we, we didn't exactly, uh, the, the handoff was not an absolutely optimal either. The yeah, important so takeaway is to move forward here yes. and, and build, you know, get the 2020 awards done um, and then get that behind us and then start improving the process so that we can build this thing into the future. And so that in say two or three, or four years, I can hand it off to somebody and say, okay, here's how this works. You're in charge now. Cause I don't want to do this for 10 years. Yeah. yeah, no. And it's, and uh, it's a great, I mean, website. I'll do it from Cancun. If that, if that, if, if, if the money that is happen. there. Yeah. Right. If the, if the money is there, no. So my, my point only being um, whatever other criticisms come out, I think the presence is better. I think the look and feel is better. Um, I, you know, these categories are always, you're, you're going to have a problem of category of taxonomy at some Mm -hmm. point i think that's inevitable Mm -hmm. um i i guess the uh i I, just as i went through them i you know and i I, well i'll go to the one that i love uh napoleonics i don't know what i think about coalition i I, you know it and i'm not judging it i'm just so let me ask you because this is your your baby right yeah so is there a napoleonic (laughs) game that you think was worthy of a nomination that's not on that list no no that was my first standard i had to come with that first Mm-hmm. And so, no, I, I think these are, with the exception of Coalition, which I, I'll, I'll be direct. I, I think it's a Euro. Um, I, I just don't know. As I think it's a war game that way. That's a question. Uh, you know, there's a lot of these, these, these uh, and, soft questions that we got to develop some kind of answer for, right? Uh, right. Where does because we, we've been arguing about what's a war game. This is a war game. This isn't a war sure. game for the last thirty years, right? Till we mm-hmm. decided that all these other types of games are different from war games somehow. And I'm sure it's been more than thirty. We've just only been paying attention that long. It, it's right. in my well, yeah, but. I mean, remember, you know, at the time, Gary, they put Gary Gygax in the Hall of Fame as a war game designer, right? This of course, like, he has game. published war game designs. Well, like, yeah, but like, but our, <laughs> were his war game design, I mean, he's in there for D&D, man. He's not in there for guide on games. Don't give up the shit. So oh, no, no, <laughs> come on, Alexander. Uh, okay, but I mean, look at Pretty the way way to the uh, yeah, it's a classic. Uh, that's fine, but I mean, is he is that as a strictly board war game? No, I, no, I, I don't want to. I don't right. want to say Gary doesn't belong in there. The point is that that at the time that's considered like an arm or appendage of war gaming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's legit reasons for that. Um, uh, how do you how do you address that? Right, I think we have to have some kind of answer for that. How do we? No, and, the I, and of... I love the way I love the way you phrase that. It's it's more a question to be answered than anything that's that's obvious. I I, I, I I'm not gonna throw sticks on it, and I like throwing sticks. Um, but I, I'm you not gonna throw. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna throw sticks on it. You just uh, spent the entire you, live broadcast pissing all over live conventions, man. Yeah, because <laughs> they, they they suck. See, they made Gary sick too. Yeah. Reprints you know, that hug you, you know why you're sick? Hugs. Hugs. Yeah, that's exactly right. The doctor from Florida that gave me a hug. Uh, exactly. a, you know, I've known for several years now. Great guy. He probably, I probably got it. There you go. It was um, I, I, more the- likely that I got it from my wife when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
the only one, honestly, that I looked at and I went, okay, we're going there, is over in your sci-fi uh, fantasy board game. Um, a game we've actually played on the Saturday Night Fights, Billion Sons. That's a minis game. Yeah, there have been, there's precedent for minis games getting Charles S. Roberts nominee, nomination. Um, is that door, that is that at. door, is that door officially open? That's a question we should answer. We should have an answer for that, right? That's it. There's no answer for that right now. It is not a topic that's addressed. The topic that we've brought up the last two years of reprints and new editions, that is not addressed. Uh, mm-hmm. Except in one case where it's specifically in the current category definition, reprints and new editions are specifically excluded from War Game of the Year. Why only there? I don't know. Uh, do we need to address that, right? And and we're always going to have problems, right? There's always going to be questions. So you got two... Uh, What's a good example that came out this year? So there, the, the the one obvious example that I can think of that came out this year is NATO, the Cold War Gone Hot from Compass. Yeah, there's there's a, two Compass. Fine game. Hit. Yeah, but that's oh, well, actually, yeah, that's a good example. Uh, so there's Third World War. That's a 2022 release, though. Okay. Oh, that's uh, so true. it's not yeah, in the running for, for this awards, but and it's both packages are fabulous. I'm very, I have them both. I'm very happy with that. I don't even like that topic. I think it belongs with the dwarves and the elves, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but those are great packages. <laughs> now, Third World War is is basically a straight reprint with better graphics and some improved markers and stuff, right? Um, <clears throat> NATO is well, almost and everything in one box. That's the, well, yeah, that's true too. The big advantage uh, of Third World War is they put it all in the same damn box. They they did, <laughs> and it's a big box. But NATO, the Cold War goes hot. is a complete redesign of the 1983 Bruce Maxwell game from Victory Games, right? It's a it's a different game. Do how do we address that? Right? Is one eligible, but the other one's not eligible? We get we've we've got to answer those questions, or at least be prepared to come with a come up with a justification for how we arrived at decisions that we arrived at, right? And and all the ballot decisions, and we had hundreds of lines of this at the end. Uh, we we meticulously logged everything and said this is you know here's what we did here. We moved this nomination. This doesn't fit this category but they had an open slot we moved it over here whatever we did this guy this game came out in 1981 we can't nominate that advanced civilization by the way which is a fine game but uh, add-ons and supplements do those qualify for other categories that aren't um the expansion or supplement category not clear so like the artwork category is that what you're thinking uh could be yeah that could be uh, whatever i mean there's nothing that says undaunted reinforcements can't be nominated right now there's nothing that says that can't be nominated as a world war best world war two game um because it's not defined that it's got to be a standalone game there's just like nothing for that so so how do we do that and then how do we let like, let people know i mean not everybody's going to be an expert on is going to read the charter right we can't that's not a reasonable <laughs> expectation but but how do we you know have some transparency too to tell people what the process looks like even if there's information that we keep behind the curtain um you know we still want to give people some insight as to how it works and i said this i forget where it might have been at compass expo i challenge anybody to read the current charter on the old web page and tell me how the process works based on their reading of that charter because it's because it's not in there yeah. it's it basically says you know in a couple of different places and the board shall take care of the charles s roberts awards and and that's there's nothing more to it than that there's nothing really about process there's nothing about how do we make changes to the charter how do you get on the board how do you get off the board uh, how does any of that work there's like nothing on that what does the board do Nobody knows. They apparently make decisions. Or do they? Because it doesn't say that. <laughs> well, but if if other places it says the board shall, then they the board gets to do those things. I, I think, so So to react to a couple of your points, I think you're pointing out that there are information deficiencies all over the current process 
sure is absolutely valid um it, it, that's a valid criticism whether you're in charge of it or not because we've talked about this over the past several years i think acknowledging that those made for some difficult decisions this year uh double as the acknowledgement of oh crap we have problems to solve going forward but i think enough people if they don't then then they rapidly should <laughs> understand that you you picked up this process in stride and there's only so much you can change while it's going on that 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 you've got to kind of finish what's already been started yet yes the the house has its basic framing done and a couple of rooms in dumb places, right? You're you're using the bathroom as a hallway off of which all the bedrooms live, which is silly. But that's what's already been framed out. So you're going to finish building that house before you move on to the next one that that you're going to design a little more intentionally and and with a little better forethought. And I think we'll get there. And I I think um, it's going to make it a lot harder to be all yelly, screamy, shouty about dumb things in there because ideally- Oh, it's a time- Whoa. Whoa, whoa. When did Brant suddenly become the dewy-eyed, oh, you sweet summer child? Whoa, <laughs> we all just hug it out. No, no, no. Here's what the thing. What the hell did you just say? We're going to have more than enough to yell about with the nominees and who ends up winning because some chuckleheads will end up stuff in the ballot box about dumb stuff. But okay, okay. No, it, we'll, we'll find stuff to yell about. It's just, you know, the, the fact that outright parody items were nominated in serious categories, probably not going to be one of them. Unless, I, Gary, I did want to ask. Don't worry, we're fixing that too. going to be a too. just parody category? There isn't currently, and that isn't something that's on my note in my notes. However, you'll be relieved to know that Ryan Heilman broke the awards last year and this year we're putting them to work. So, <laughs> As the Armchair Dragoons march into the ninth season of their podcast, Mentioned in Dispatches, we need to make time to thank our Patreon supporters who pledged at the regimental patron level. So a heartfelt thanks to Patrick Garrity, Mike Quigley, Joseph Knoll, Hethwill Wargames, Robert, Kevin Bertram, Chet Bell, Treb Curry, Staggerwing, and Patrick Mullen for their support of the Armchair Dragoons and helping us to bring you the best strategy gaming content on the web. You too can sign up as a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash armchair dragoons. I, uh, I, I've been editing your charter in my head. You know I do that for a living, right? Okay, I should send it to you then, actually, because I've got I, a complete I, new draft written. Do. Remember There's... that the crap that Jim edits has to be enforced by some, you know, officer of the law. So. I was going to say, by can the... you provide armed thugs? Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 I actually do on occasion have to send the things I write to actual sworn officers of the law and go, if I write this, how buggered are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, or how mad are you are are you at me? And so, with that in mind, I'm you know so, I'm going to give somebody a class in rudimentary capitalization, but I move on. Um, <laughs> oh, you'll be mad about me then. Yeah, I, I I'm big hug, big a, hug. There's like a I lot said, of capital, special capitals in that. Yeah, so if you give if oh, you give a Jim a document and ask him to edit it, it will come back in the language of bureaucracy. <laughs> it will uh i i do wonder though and this is this is and i've got a number of other questions that are more technical but that the one that bears here the line is i i do like also uh this reminds me very much of the monty python philosopher sketch with the australian outback guys rule number one that is no rule number six um 
Rule number one, miniatures games can be nominated for eligible categories other than computer games. Yeah. Two things. Number one. <laughs> number one. Is that, is that intended to say rule sets? That's a great point. I not where this is going. That's a great point. Um, Honestly, so, I mean, that's a decision to make. I mean, do we, do we want to recognize potentially miniatures rules? Should miniatures rule sets get their own category? I think that's a re- I have no idea how many miniatures rule sets come out in any given year. You you well, have much better visibility on that than me. Yeah, and uh, it's, and it's, and, and look, I am not coming up to you like the March Hare and encouraging you to go down the rabbit hole with me. Um, because I will only say that you have these above the line games and I, and I would, and you know, let's just say rules. I'm just going to talk about rules for a second. You've got above the line rules, which I would think, you know, like the two fat lardies and Sam Mustafa and warlord that do, you know, bound color printed edition. And then you got Bob in his basement with a mimeograph machine. Yes. He's still got a mimeograph. Okay. And, and he's printing it out. and He stole it, it from a guy named Gutenberg. Yes. <laughs> Right, and, and it's doing it up it in a high school, you know, like thrift sale. That yeah, it's, got, it's got that purple ink. Yeah, it yeah, smells great when it's all done. It's got that smell board. that that the stupid kids today will never appreciate when it was still a little bit wet when your teacher handed it to you. Um, you, you know, but but all that being true, uh, you've got such an incredible range that I I don't know, but that so yes, I do wonder whether rule sets are permitted. I I just raised the question. But secondly, what um, miniatures games can be nominated for eligible categories, comma, which is unnecessary, other than computer games? W- what are you trying to exclude? Be specific. I, I don't know. But I don't think Gary wrote those, so you're nope. asking him to I'm defend someone that. else's work. Well, and and they took a lot of flack about category, you know, stuff in the wrong categories in the past. But the problem wasn't the problem wasn't solely category construction and rules of eligibility or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem was all was also the Wild West nomination process, where anybody could put whatever they wanted in those text, those three text fields. Um, and people would put in like, you know, non-English characters that then oh, I, when I got it, that was Garble Basky. And sometimes I could figure out what the hell they were talking about. Sometimes I couldn't. Um, we got games that didn't exist. No, you know, people nominated Tanto Manta. That's not out yet. And it's November of 2022. And I, I would bet you $5 it ain't coming out till 2023. So uh, that's a, a huge component of the problem that, I think the weird language was an attempt to to uh, to address, uh, but it doesn't. It addresses the symptom rather than the fundamental issue, and uh, it doesn't help if the person that's voting didn't read the charter, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we yeah. want to make those guidelines available to somebody, so when we get the comment, and we will, that hey, why didn't such and such a game get nominated? Well, we could say, well, here's a rule that's you know we we have an eligibility guidelines for that. That this is why, right? Or no, or no, why and- it was included, right? So, um, oh, okay. All right. I, and, and I guess related there, well then directly related to that then, um, Dinner. what is, sorry, sorry. This is just me having a horrible, that's okay. You're getting, you're just giving Brant more work. It's all good. Yeah, that's right. Truncate silence is a one Ach- button click. Achievement <laughs> is achievement. One of the individual awards because Great you delimit, ach- I can only vote for 
one achievement, but I can submit three games slash individuals per award category? Uh, that's a great question. So the nomination process, I, what I what I believe that's trying to say, and I believe it is probably not saying it particularly clearly. Um, in the nomination process, you have three text fields under Napoleonics, and you can put whatever you want in those three text fields under Napoleonics. Cool. That's what that's trying to refer to. Uh, what but are you are limited to one ballot. And we, we did find, we actually didn't find too many duplicate ballots in the nominating ballot. There was, was somebody that submitted three ballots, but uh, that could just as easily have been a mistake where they, they you know, they didn't remember that they had voted already. All, all the ballots were the same except for one entry. So. so where I read voting on all achievements shall be limited to one vote per person, what I really should be reading is each person may only submit one ballot. I believe that is the intention behind that guideline yes okay and that's certainly that's certainly how we interpret it yeah i don't know that anybody's going to end up in a court of law having to define what is is christ i hope not (laughs) no actually there's any any lawyer that does what i do for a living will tell you that there's extensive case law and the difference between may and shall oh no i'm i have no doubt about that and and i'm not asking you i i just you know I think that one of the things that Gary has done a lot of and is very commendable. I don't often say nice things. I'm going to say nice things. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to cry. Is, is, is very commendable. Is expo- He's exposing himself. No, uh, he is exposing the, the back room. You know, Last just, time I did this, I spent the night in the drunk tank. <laughs> <laughs> but you expose yourself one time. Um <laughs> You know, it's the uh, it's the scene in Casino where Bob De Niro and Joe Pesci by turns walk you through the counting room and you can see how it all works. You know, it's sort of the same thing. It's like, all right, look, we don't want you to stay. You don't have to linger here. We're going to do the work. But in case you're wondering, here's how we're going to count. Here's what's going to count. Here's what's not going to count. And here's how we're going to regard you bozos as trying to cheat or screw it up or whatever. Because if nothing else, that transparency grants a reasonable level of assurance for something that, as you have correctly observed, pays nothing, you know, yeah. you know, vast and yet, riches. Vast the, the riches. vast, the vast certainty of knowing you've done the right thing, I guess, you know, it, it grants, you know, it gives a reasonable level of certainty par- parallel or tantamount to the, the recompense that you're doing the very best you can to stand it on a good footing. Um, and that's. You know, going back to Brandt's pie-eyed optimism, I know that despite all these best efforts, there will be some grievance floated, mooted, and argued. But uh, probably I, by I, us. Oh yeah, very likely. Well, no, I, you know, honestly, going back to Gary's question that he put, just as I was looking at the nominees, you know, I was looking at the ballot. I, I'm gonna say it. I don't see anything crazy here. I, you know. I, I I would tilt my head sideways as I said about things like um like a coalition, but that's the, 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 that's a rabbit hole, and who you know who really cares? Um, that's 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 not particularly relevant. Vote vote for it, vote against it if you want. I do think the question of miniatures rules is interesting. Uh, you know how far they're allowed to go and what they're allowed to do. And and yeah, of course, you know, I'll say it. I love this game. There is no universe in which Oath is a war game. Got enough votes. I know. Well, and so I, look, I love that. I have I, honestly, I love I what you to, just did. This is one I have to. I I had to like get help on. I like I have no idea what. The, I mean, I, I I can look at the box on BGG, but I mean, I don't play that. I don't. <clears throat> I don't know what it's about. Does it have miniatures? I no idea. But it got yeah. the votes. No, it is, a, it, is a, it is a. It is. It is the deepest. Like 
It is the deepest of rabbit holes. Um, truthfully, Cole's uh, Pax Premier is one of my favorite games. Actually, the game I like by him even more is John Company, which is absolutely in my top ten games of all time. And none of which, none of which are war games. The so, only game, the only game he's done that is a war game is root so so this brings uh, up the, the w- without going down the what is a war game rabbit hole yeah sorry about bring that up the question of where do you where do you differentiate between a war game and a conflict simulation well what, I, what i'm gonna say and not this, wars. Is, this is me talking and and you know i i think the position that the charles s roberts awards is going to end up mm-hmm. uh, sitting on is this is a 40 year old conversation mm-hmm. we're not going to solve this question <laughs> um to, you know in the in 2022 right damn it so my uh my take on it is that and it's a lot it's going to depend on what the nomination process looks like moving forward right uh is it an open vote again is there a committee is there like uh like we asked the uh the, the publishers to submit nominate you know games for nomination like hollywood does i i don't know it depends um but we're gonna in any case we're gonna want to res- respect the wishes of the people that put the games up for nomination right so so uh, I don't know that we're going to be able to take it on this particular question. Right. We may have a statement that says something about, you know, here, we're here, you know, we're here to recognize conflict simulations. Uh, but it, it's going to, by the nature of whatever process we land on, end up looking more inclusive of non-war games than a lot of people are going to be comfortable with. It's going to be Harold's view and not Jim's view. uh, Well, I don't know. I think it's going to be kind of somewhere in the middle, but Jim's kind of on one extreme side and Harold's kind of on another extreme side. Uh, But if, if, uh, but it's not going to be up to me right? I'm not going to make that call. If uh, we're going to talk about it, however it looks, right? If we if we have a committee, for example, there'll be a, like a, a round table where we say, okay, so-and-so wants to put forward this game for, you know, coalition for, say, for nomination. Do we think this is something that falls within the purview of the Charles S. Roberts Awards? And we can talk about that. And then if we don't all agree, we could have a vote on it. Um, and And that's fine. Uh, but as long as there's some kind of process that lets us make those decisions, there's going to be a, a, at at some level we're going to end up making case by case decisions. In many cases, there's I don't think there's a way around that. Yeah, I, I honestly, Jim, I I hear you about oath. I five parsecs from home also brings up a question of you know how much of a war game is that actually? Well, I was I was just you know it's funny you did that because I love five parsecs from home. I think it's fascinating. Now I'm never going to play it because it's solo. Yeah, uh, and well, but- I think and I think by the way I would like uh, on behalf of me for the Charles S. Roberts Award to insert ten demerit points for any solo game. Um, <laughs> because they're dirty and bad. Um, but it, in all seriousness, when you go to the Modifius website for Five Parsecs from Home, which is a wonderful game, very well designed, very well received, it is, according to its own description, an RPG light adventure war game experience with miniatures. Well, Modifius calls a lot of things war games that I think a lot of our audience is going to completely recoil from. And I know this because I hit the Modifius site for Tuesday Newsday every week. And and if you go look under what's under war games at the Modifius site, Octum Cthulhu Skirmish, right? Fallout Wasteland Warfare. Uh, five Parsecs from Home is listed under the war games tab at the Modifius Yeah, Five site. Parsecs is also <laughs> the distance between Modifius's definition of war games and my 
high definition. <laughs> nice. And I'm not disagreeing a bit. I'm simply saying that that you know what they categorize as war games and what there are places where war games absolutely includes Iron Kingdoms from Privateer Press, and I'm not sure that's the world the Charles S. Roberts is trying to live in. Um, right, and we need we need to decide what we are, what world we're. we're and, and honestly, yeah. that that piece is my is my only honest concern, and I'm I do, that, feel and that. that's not settled, right? And I, I mean, and I do, I've got and some I, ideas, but it's not going to be like I said. I, I said this at the very beginning. I'm not going to just be the guy that runs everything. Screw that. Yeah. I'll put, I'll put 7,000 hours a year into this thing. Yeah. Um, that it can't the guy that work that way. the conversation, but not the guy that makes the decisions. Right. Well, and then it's up to me. Right. And then, you know, what, what happens when I drop dead and the next guy takes or whoever it is takes over and they, they want to do things completely differently. The point is to have a process, to have a means to amend that process, to have a means to offer issue clarifications to that process year over year over year so that we have stability and we know what, what we know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And we can also identify, and I don't mean know what we're doing in the sense of we're doing it right. I mean, I mean, we understand how our process works yes. and then we can when we see that part of that process isn't working the way we think it ought to be able to go in and make that change we need a yeah. process for that yeah. and, um, and this can't be just you know the banana republicans right yeah <laughs> and yeah. and those wouldn't have credibility in any event you know it, right but, uh, but because I, it would just be some to some dude right i mean it's how much credibility does grog of the year have for example none right i mean yeah god knows who's handing it out and, some and kind of drunken could, canadian lunatic who yeah and you could take our word for it as the over you know we we're a majority of the grogs of the year yeah you, so. you yeah i was gonna say you have assembled you have assembled a a plural no no a majority yeah yeah but no I'm, I'm i'm the lone scrub that hasn't won that thing so yes. so but we're no, gonna I, stuff that ballot box this year i'm not yes. campaigning for it right well, we'll get I, I don't want to be in a club with you guys well i didn't either so you know just <laughs> yeah i was I gonna camp, say he's i didn't campaign for this what, I was just one worth. of the people that voiced really strong opinions about it, yeah. and that, I guess that got noticed. What was Groucho Marx show? Jim didn't campaign for Grog of the Year either. We all stuffed the ballot box on his behalf. Well, what's the what's the line from Groucho Marx? I, I would never want to be a club that would be in a club that has me as a member. Yeah, um, yeah. But but but, but we we marshaled the dragoons to harangue Dan into giving it to Jim. So it's go. true. That is true. Stepping back to the the point I was going to make about the awards, look, there's I'll I'll come up with them. There's the Origins Awards, which are mm -hmm. pretty useless. There's the in our um, space, yeah, completely useless. Well, I think they're generally useless. I, I you know, to me, that's just horrid. It that that has become the Golden Globes of awards. It's whoever throws the most money at them. I was going to um, say that more more the Golden Dingleberries, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, we all know that those are those are not sincere. Um, it's it's they can be bought, and that that's just so. And there's there's all these other awards. There's the Dice Tower Awards, which I actually mm -hmm. enjoy. I think you know they're interesting to watch, but they're not ours. Um, these are ours, right? Mm -hmm. This is these are the awards that folks look at and say, "What's a good war game? What was the best of war gaming in this year?" Mm -hmm. And seeing it in better hands, seeing it trying to get onto. And I agree with you. Look, I believe in process. It's fundamental. We're not perfect. We're human beings. We fail every day. That's what we do. It's in our natures. That's why we establish process to try to grind through all that. But coming to a process, coming to stability, and those definitions and drawing in the space. 
and making it for us so that we have something that we can say, yep, in 2022, these were the good war games. That's important. And I will flash back and I, I you'll have to dig through the, it, it was a very special day for me when Bruce Garrick recorded one of his very rare podcasts these days, his Wild Weasel <laughs> podcasts, and very directly addressed Marco Arnardo's attempts to expand the definition of wargaming. And he particularly responded to Marco's criticism of traditional wargaming vis-a-vis the contemporary shape and told him to go have sex with himself. Mm-hmm. I do recall that uh, particular podcast. And it's still, a ch- I listen to it from time to time. <laughs> and just, it just brings because, you joy. It really does. Dr. G really hit a went yard for me on that one. And it's kind of the way I feel. It's like, look, go have your own awards. That's great. But these from the beginning, I mean, you've stolen the origin of the awards from us. Those are gone. They were ours. You took them. Um, these, this is still ours. And I'm glad to see it in, in such, in hands that certainly know what the heck he's talking about. I don't know who you're talking about. That'd be you. That would be you. Dante told us false modesty is a sin too. Oh boy, we're in trouble. <laughs> so Gary, this this was a conversation that came up the other day with a couple of us sitting around talking about um, different awards because because now there there is a bit of a proliferation and that's yeah and that's the thing that I think we have to be a, we have to kind of take notice of maybe not in like a press release but but we kind of have to be aware that there hey there's other awards now right yeah and I, I well, wonder and, and, to what extent that has occurred in response to what the Charlies have been doing for the last two years. Yep. Ding, 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 ding. Yep, I yep, think, yep. Because quite frankly, that was that was the primary driving factor behind what we were going to do with the awards that we were trying to get off the ground. And and, and we kind of ran out of steam with the people that, that were going to be leading the charge for us. But um, that's because you can't do it all. Yeah, had a lot to do with it. Um, there's a reason Mastarakhan got canceled this year, right? There's only so much of me to go around. One of the questions that came up with regards to the Charlies is something that I actually saw the guys um, from the, the old game box forum that was around for a little while that... Uh, Enrico and a couple of the other guys had the game box for him. And one of the things they did was they went back over previous years and pulled up older Charlies and said, okay, what did win? What should have won? And so I'm I'm curious. I, I don't know that this would ever become an official sort of thing with the Charlies, but, you know, sort of the five-year look back and the 10-year look back, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever, did they get it right? And the, the great example there is what was the best picture in 1998? According to the Oscars. Was that the uh the Shakespeare in Love year? No, no. Oh, that that okay. was a year or two later. But what what was the movie that won Best Picture? Titanic won Best Picture. The year okay. LA Confidential was hands down yeah, the best movie. Which is a fabulous movie and which is a better movie than Titanic. So uh, Shakespeare in Love versus Saving Private Ryan, y- you could argue about that some. Saving Private Ryan was certainly a better spectacle, but but L.A. Confidential versus Titanic was absolutely no. Concept. Well, and this is yeah, but this isn't my this conversation, which is a healthy conversation to have, is not my problem. Well, so, <laughs> by all means, have this it is, conversation. It is absolutely not your problem. The question is, would would or should the Charlies be open to having an avenue to at least do some sort of retrospective discussion around these things? Maybe it's something you do in the six months in between, you know, at the six month mark between awards to sort of gin up some additional attention and discussion around the Charlies. Hey, let's go back 15 years and sort of relook at what what had won 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Hey, 
guys, out of these, which ones have stood the test of time? Which ones were a flash in the pan? Which one was the cult of the new and never really held up? And which ones have become classics that didn't win? I, I don't know that the, the awards themselves need to do that. Now, now, on the other hand, I'll put something else in your head. I don't know how familiar you are with the Hugo Awards, which are for science fiction and mm-hmm. fan, really and fantasy too. Um, so there were a number of years right around the time they started, which I believe was, I think, 1954 or something like that, where they gave away an award in 1954, and then they stopped for several years, and then they gave another another set away, and then they stopped for a couple of years. So there were like a number of like golden age years for which no Hugos were given away. Now, the Hugos are a public vote, but it's a public vote among the members of the World Science Fiction Convention, right? So you yeah. got to buy a membership, which is expensive, um, to vote for the Hugos. But, but that's um, how so the Hugos... puppies tried to stuff the ballot box that year. Right. Yeah, but I'm not talking Everybody about that. That's a, that's a separate conversation. Yes. But what they did was they 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 started issuing what they called retro Hugos for those years that they had that the Hugos had missed. And I think mm-hmm. they've stopped doing that now, maybe because they like got all the missing years. caught up. That's <laughs> possible. So, well, uh, definitely don't expect anything like that for 2022. Um, I, I would be willing to have that conversation. I, again, I, I'm going to st- you know, say that right now we got to get the core mission right before we start talking oh, yeah. about that. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea for first principles. Um, and I, I'm willing to talk about it. So, I mean, there's, so there's precedent for it. Like I said. 2015 or one of those years right. for which and the that's, Charlies didn't. Right, where there were no Charlies. Yeah. So uh, uh, Gregory M. Smith, can can finally get his Charles S. Roberts award, for example, because <laughs> so, the so hunters I, I, re- the hunters released the first year that they didn't give them away. Yeah, I, I think that's one of those ones that it would probably be tough to go away and get to go back and give the full slate of awards for any one of those retro years. But I sure. think you probably hit the big three or four or five key categories that that folks would care about. Right, a game of the year sort of thing. Yeah, um, best Napoleonic game, of course, of course. So with and without hats. Yeah. Right. With and without Kevin Zucker, but the Kevin Zucker, not Kevin Zucker would be, you know, just an empty box. Best square button Napoleonic game, best rounded button Napoleonic game. Hoo-wah. Yeah. (laughs) For for those that don't know, the square buttons discussion has been a long running inside joke amongst a certain part of the wargaming community that, you know. It may or may not include Jim. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm pretty certain it includes him. Um, and if you want the rounded square buttons, you need to go north of the wall and go check in with Vance because he is the guy with the rounded corners on the square button. So. The idea of sort of looking back was one that, again, came up in the discussion that we had. I think you're right that it's certainly not part of the core mission of the Charlies and, and not trying to sort of shoehorn that in at all. But I think thought it was worthy of some form of discussion and didn't know if that was something that you guys wanted to eventually tackle. Um, I think your point about potentially filling in the missing years is probably a better one than the one that we were. Well, right. Yeah. And I'm just not spending any bandwidth on that right now. Right. Oh, like no, 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 said, no. And, you know, core mission. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting idea. The Hugos did it. We like, we could do it, uh, yeah. but we got to get, you know, 2021 right first and or as right as we can get it. And then 2022 as right as we can get it. And then 2023 as right as we can get it and yeah. i anticipate having to make adjustments every year right they might be big yeah. adjustments they might be because oh we've, this didn't work uh and, and or they might be small adjustments and just fine tuning and when we've reached the fine tuning stage um then i think we'll be willing and I, you know i don't know how long that's going to take i'd like to say we're going to get a large chunk of the way there in 2022 for the 2022 awards year that is so in 2023 yeah. uh but you know i don't know we you know we'll we'll see how it goes but yeah i'm i'm i'll, I'll be happy to have that conversation at some point down the line i think that's something you could do have a retro charlie's um sure so uh you you mentioned 22 and 
2023. And so right now we're working on the, the awards for game year 2020. And, no. and so what we are, we are in 20, here's the terminology I'm using. Okay. And I'm, okay. Beyond, I'm trying to be consistent with this. Uh, we are in 2022. It is currently 2022. It is November 15th, 2022. Yes. Yeah, we I was, was going to say, we're awards. nearly not in 2022. Yeah, exactly. We are working on the awards year 2021, which okay. happens in 2022. So yes. that's, but there's no terminology for that. And it, it does potentially, as I think Jim's going to see reading the existing rules or, yeah. or non-rules as the case may be, <laughs> um, the, the, at least that lack of clear terminology, I think has led to confusion and, and, and maybe well, some bad nominees too. Bad, so bad so I was referring to it as game year, you know, the year in which the game was released. Right. 2021 we're, we're, is the we're year we're currently game year 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very nearly in 2023, but the time we find out who wins you've got game year 2022 that you're gonna have to do fairly quickly in order to get game year 2023 started on time right it's it's like all those sports seasons when the pandemic got in the way and suddenly we had to cram a sports season in real quick in order to start the next one on time so it is my firm intention to make this process not take 11 months because there's no reason for it to take 11 now some people will say and they're not wrong that hey Hey, some of these are big games. How have people had time to play them all? Yeah. Well, we're not everybody that votes is going to have played up. them all. That's that's an unreasonable expectation. We're we're not we're asking people to get to vote. We're not asking them to become playtesters on all sixty nominees. Uh, that is not going to happen. That's not a realistic expectation. And and that's unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. It doesn't matter if we wait till November to give the awards out. It's still going to be the case. I mean, the monster game folks are you know they get a good game in there. You know, new game shows up in you know whenever it shows up could be could show up in January, and they say this is going to the top of the play queue right now because it's awesome. When do they start playing it? Two years later. So yeah. I mean, we we can't <laughs> catch that, right? We just have to be aware that we can't catch that. It, so that shows up in January, and they're still setting it up in March. Well, that's the other thing is that guy who keeps releasing games in that window between December 15th and January 15th. And you know who you are. Um, that's that's inconvenient. But, we, you know, we got that cleared up. But uh, you know but, who they are. They're the same assholes that make major product announcements at 8 p.m. on a Tuesday. Uh, pa- plausibly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got boned by some who do who uh, I forget who it was that you got stiffed by on the news of this week or last week. But, no, last week I got I got screwed by a couple of folks this week. I, I'm, I'm going to sing the praises of of David Heath here for a mm-hmm. minute because he sent me the announcement first thing for Tuesday morning that the thing was going to launch Tuesday afternoon so that we could time the Tuesday Newsday release to come out after that launch had started. That now, way, in, in fairness wasn't... to all the people who do this to you, I sent you the list of nominees like as soon as I sent out the list of nominees, and then yes. a week later, you're like texting me, Hey, where's that list of nominees? So I'm like, <laughs> Uh, I, I sent it. Did I not send it to you? I'm sitting there looking at the emails. I'm like, I sent it to him. It doesn't matter. I don't what, What's he talking about? Do you, the, do you guys, do you guys need some time alone? Can we talk this out? <laughs> I might need some time outside. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying. So why solar year? Good question. There's no, uh, you know, uh, there's no, uh, I've never seen that fundamental reason for that. Right. <laughs> Oh, does it say solar air in the yes. in the existing charter? Yes, I'm I not insist, kidding. I'm I'm I sitting insist. here editing your draft. So first of all, we're gonna we're gonna model the new charter after the Constitution of 1795, which I think Best. you'll be pleased with. I will um, be. But also, I insist that we use the sidereal year instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's we're gonna go with government fiscal year. <laughs> yeah, I was like solar. What? Okay. 
Go on. Yeah, so no, don't ask me, man. I, I again, I you know, I, I, a lot of that language is an attempt to address some of the things that came up as criticisms. No, um, look, and I, look, you know, I, I get that. I, I look, I write them for a living, and I teach people. I teach people. If you see a weird provision in a law, it means somebody has jacked around with this law. I'm totally putting you to work with this, by the way. You know, but I want to know who is jacking around with what, such that you felt the need to point out it's the solar year. I cannot provide the provenance of that. <laughs> I, I, On the other hand, I think sidereal year is completely acceptable. Why not? You know, we will carry on. Yeah. <clears throat> I, in fact, I think we should just ditch 2021 and start using the Jewish count. Why not? Oh, well, the numbers you know, I, are bigger. I, I mean, the I bigger is better, right? It seems dramatic. It seems, yeah. it seems, no, no, I, I am completely a, a lunar guy. Come on now. You, there you, you go. Can use the, you can use the Jewish calendar, but you have to refer to the years based on the Chinese Zodiac. <laughs> there you go. No, besides, besides, I, you're missing the obvious joke. I mean, I'm going to demand that it be done according to the revolutionary calendar. Oh, that's God, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I just listened to the podcast episode about the revolutionary calendar. Too. There you go. I should have thought. So, you know, it's, we're talking, this will only be eligible if it is submitted and released <laughs> to the public before the 18th Brumaire. <laughs> we should definitely at least do that for the Napoleonic category. Yes, that's that. <laughs> Why has uh, nobody done a game on 18 Brumaire? Um, oh, I I think it's funny you say this because I have had a very brief conversation with a couple of folks involved in the coin field. There is 100% beyond any doubt a coin game lurking under the events of the French Revolution. From I'd buy it. Oh. I'll tell you right now, I'd buy it. Oh, I, I want mean, uh, Mike Wilner to do the French Revolution game using Marco Petre's system, actually. The 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 Gironde versus the, you know, the, the Jacobin. Cana the Canadians against the other Canadians. <laughs> I think that's what they're called in the game. These Canadians versus those Canadians. Well, I, I've actually written a review for a website that, with which brand you are familiar uh, of uh, Treason, that yeah. uh, the the card game of the trial of of, of Riel's trial in Canada. And yeah, it's it's Canadians versus Canadians, which is really amusing. So, Gary, I'm I'm gonna throw out one last tough question here as, sure. as we start to wind this this you know alternately amusing and maddening discussion. <laughs> as we start to wind this down. Um, and, and Jim will probably see where I'm going as I start to ask the question here. But you mentioned earlier some of those other awards that are out there. Um, the History on the Table pod guys have started when we got the Zenobia Award, which the is histies is what of, I'm calling them, which is not very flattering, but that's, no, but that's it's, what's it's stuck probably in my head. Not it wrong. makes it sound um, like I'm as asthmatic. Yes. <laughs> the we, we've got the Zenobia Awards, which is mm -hmm. more of a game off than anything. We've got the Summit Award. We've got all these different mm -hmm. ones that are floating around out there. A couple of the ones we were trying to do, we, we were going to try and keep it simple, but but I think the history on the table, guys, the hissies, have sort of uh, come to where we were already trying to plant the flag, and, and that's fine. Somebody else wants to do the work. I don't have to, so that's good. Some of the categories that, that currently exist and some of the ones that we've sort of kicked around in some of the discussions here, there's already guys out there doing computer games 
game awards. There's already yep. guys out there doing awards for miniature war games. Yep. There's already guys out there doing awards for some other things and not not the recent ones of, hey, somebody should really do this and, and somebody starts a new thing, but stuff that's been around. Jim, how long have the guys at Little Wars been giving out awards at this Two point? Two years. This is their, they're, they're heading into their third. Yeah. I, I, I thought they'd been doing them longer than that. No, the no, Caesars. That's about, that's about no, right. They've had two Caesars. They're getting ready to spool up to a third. Yeah. Okay. And I don't really watch, honestly, I don't watch their channel, excellent though it is, because I'm not a miniatures guy. Yeah. Uh, but I have but, felt it incumbent upon myself to kind of keep up with what they're look, what they, how they do the Caesars and stuff like that. Yeah. So, no, and, and we've had yeah, other it, folks that have done awards like this over the years. Um, it, again, discounting the Origins Awards because at this point, as good as they might have been 35 years ago, they're utter crap now, and that's fine. We'll, we'll move on. But is there a need for the Charlies to include a miniatures war game campaign category as the prestige award when there's already somebody out there doing that? That the miniatures war gamers actually pay attention to boy that's a, a great for a computer war game category if there's already somebody out there doing computer war game categories that people pay attention to as the prestige award for that that area so i would venture to say that the the tabletop board games and table and computer war games or tabletop war games and computer war games have some overlap in their audience right but there are different oh, spaces all right um and so while traditionally there has been a computer game category for the charlies um i i because there are other awards out there for those other things already i think the charlies are fine and probably better to let those other awards handle those things um, I think it's healthy for the field to have multiple awards, right? And every award's different, right? The historical board mm -hmm. game awards are the historical board game awards. They are not the war game awards. The Zenobia Award has its own definition. The Summit Award has whatever definition Harold has arrived at. And the 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 Caesars are doing basically social media awards oriented towards uh, miniatures, right? Yeah. And that's all fine. Uh, there is surprisingly, even with the historical board game awards, on whose committee I am, a, you know, I'm on the committee. Ditto. Uh, there's, there's a lot less overlap here than you'd think when you look at their categories versus mm -hmm. the Charles S. Roberts Awards categories. Uh, yep. the, the biggest thing, though, is that the, the Charles S. Roberts Awards are named after Charles S. Roberts. Yeah. Right. And that gives them a weight and a sort of tone that, uh, you know, that, that might make our, the purview of the CSR Awards kind of narrow, uh, but it also gives them a sort of gravitas that, that maybe those other awards aren't going to have, uh, but they may have more reach because their, their, their purview is broader than the CSR. So I think it's completely normal and natural. I mean, just look at like sci-fi literature. It's got like four different awards, right? I'm not talking even about the horror people. Yeah. Uh, so there's like three or four or five maybe different awards for that. There's, there's probably more than that when you start talking about what they're doing in, in Europe. Um, so, the, you know, movies have the Oscars and the, the Golden Globes and the People's Choice Awards and the, whatever the other ones are. And, um, and so there's, you know, and music alone. I mean, every genre of music has its own awards, right? That's why I'm shocked. Shocked, well, that, I tell you. That's just with the Grammys every category. Right, to find out that Jim has not launched his own Napoleonic Awards, um, <laughs> which, you know, okay, if somebody wants to do an award specifically for Napoleonics. No, actually, would you believe the Napoleonic Award Gamer on YouTube, uh, great guy, funny guy, watch him religiously, he is launching this year, first time, The Bonies. Is this Eric? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll be asking him about that when I talk to him on Thursday. Oh, no. No, I'm sorry. No, no. His, I think his name is Eric. He's a minis gamer. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about Eric the Labatt. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, his, right. I, that's funny that they're both named Eric. Yeah, no, uh, he is. No, not at all. <laughs> 
totally not funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, it's not but a laughing matter. Yeah. No. He is. Um, he is a British gentleman who runs a program. He is the Napoleonic War Gamer uh, on YouTube. Got lots of subscribers, and he has launched the Bonies uh, okay, for again, mini- and great for right? Napoleonic I- miniatures war games. Very specific. Right. Very narrow. He's got a total of three categories. I love right. it. And the historical board game awards also have three categories, and their categories oh, you know, might change. Well, well, you know, it's. It would so it would be nice to only have to deal with three categories, right? Yeah. But the fact is that I don't think the Charles S. Roberts Awards can do no. that because there's there's such a long history of the sort of taxonomic period categories, yeah. uh, and I don't think we can throw that out. I, I think there's enough games to populate all the different fields, and there's some massaging that should be done. But um, yeah, our, you know. our original intent was to start with three and then to see where we would grow from there. Our, I, and and our three, only one of them was a straight up game category. There was going to be a game of the year. There's going to be a graphic presentation, best graphic presentation for the year, and then a rookie of the year. You know, best best new new entrant into the design or graphics field within wargaming. Those were the only three we were going to start with, and then we were going to expand the footprint from there after a couple of years and figure out what made sense. Jim, I'm I'm talking about a couple of the different kinds of, of of games that are out there, but you know the the other awards that are out there. But part of the reason I'm asking the question about sort of how how wide the Charlie should cast the net. Um, <laughs> you didn't mean to give me an asthma attack with some of the questions about why can't miniatures games be eligible for the computer game category? But look, anybody that watches Saturday Night Fights or like anything else on your your YouTube channel, that's a valid question that you are playing miniatures games on a computer with people in seven different time zones all at once. And, and I think that that verbiage is a response to that question. Yeah, yeah, they, they may very well be. The the other thing that, that Jim brought up was sort of the difference between that that above the line versus below the line in terms of the, the miniatures rule sets. Um, we've already seen that distinction in the Charles S. Roberts Games Workshop versus Man with Typewriter. Well... <laughs> <laughs> But, yes. but but that's quite frankly that's the distinction that was made already in the Charles S. Roberts Awards between professional versus amateur magazines. Yeah, but then we had the problem. What what? Yes, that's true. But de facto, what that ended up reflecting is magazines with games in them versus magazines without games in them. Yes, regardless of how the categories were actually described, and that's a question that we yes. need to address too. Yeah, and 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 honestly, the the way it functionally happened for several years before it evolved into that was was basically magazines that came off a printing press versus magazines that were you know uh, photocopied at your local kinkos and mailed out to you know 20 fan 20 friends yeah but nobody's doing that anymore right it's either a pdf magazine of which there are several or it's a professionally printed magazine and and Print on demand counts as professionally printed. Do we want to say that? I think there's somewhere in there there might be an exclusion for print on demand, which is well, I, I I think that's a huge different discussion. Oh, it but is. Personally, personally, I think print is dead because even WSS has admitted it's going to have to stop. War game soldiers and strategy. That's it. Oh, that was a physical magazine. Oh yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yes, and a glorious yeah. one. A glorious yeah, War Games Illustrated still around, right? Right. Barely. Yeah, yeah but barely. Okay. You know, this that's that the, that distinction about you know the idea that you're that you, the only people that are going to send us print things is Compass Games when they send us their annual sales flyer and decision and bless them. Yeah, I get a, a physical mail from Decision as well. I mean, 
I don't know if print is dead, but it's definitely in an iron lung. Yeah, no, it's it's. We'll have a couple left. But when you're talking about a competition, but the more I think about this, and the more you're both making your points, I you know I ain't gonna be me making the decision. But were it, I'd be cutting miniatures games right out. I would be. I I honestly think there's a number of things that I'm looking at this category list going. They've got. We've got a space. It's the Caesars now. And yeah, that, that's true. And and, and and you know what? And they're doing at a great level, job. And they are. And at some level, I think I personally, anyway, am pretty fine with letting them have that corner of the space. So, so um, Jim, what do you do? Let's all be good at what we're doing. Yeah. Right? And if that means we, okay, you guys do this and you guys do this and you folks do this, great. Do it. No problem. So, so Jim, what do you do with Memoir 44? Burn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, CC, let's, let's, let's talk about CNC tricolor, right? You're Our never going to see an, I, well, never. I just said something stupid. I'm sorry. You're unlikely to see something like Memoir 44 again from Richard Bourne. You're going to see a CNC the next iteration. It's going to be blocks. It's going to be hexes. It's going to be a war game. It's going to be it's going to be the war, the, of Jenkins the war of Jenkins ear. Command the war of Jenkins ear. It's going to be the eligible for the Charlies. Um, merely throwing a couple of toys on the board. As wonderful as they are. I love it. I love it. I love it. I play it. Um, I just bought Commands and Colors Tricorn. And it's a great game, isn't it? Yeah, and have you, have you cracked the string? Have you noticed how wonderful Compass is doing with that? And how much GMT should freaking let Napoleonics go so they can be that nice? Now let me point out that I've been home for about 28 hours so far from Compass Expo. I have no and sense of self-control. I have still not gotten all the shrink wrap taken off, torn yeah. off the boxes. And I don't I don't let this stuff sit around in the shrink. No, I, I, I bought that much stuff. Yeah, Tricorn no, I, was one of the shame, games we had shameful. on the table. At, CNC Tricorn is one of the ones we had on the table at Mace. That BB Mike was running those events, and we got folks sat down and played with him at a non-war game convention. Yeah. Great looking game, all that stuff. So no, I would I would very comfortably take Richard Borg's magnum opus, which has certainly kept him in uh, party hats and beer, and uh, Richard Borg's you know, or baby. at least beer nuts. Beer nuts, yeah. Uh, when my beer nuts turn to cotton balls, I'll be coming home to you. You know that piece. I would, I would happily ship over if people were willing to vote for it to the Charlies because I think that's worth. Yeah. It. Well, and yeah. yeah, and that's those are legitimate questions though. Is like, how do you, you know, if if you have a memoir forty four and a commands of colors tricorn and one's qual one qualifies for the Charlies and one doesn't, why? I mean, you got to we we'd have to be able because that's a similar question is going to come up. We have to be able to address that question. Yep. I, I don't even know what the answer is. I hadn't even thought of that. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, so, yeah, of course. It, it's going to get blamed on me anyway. Well, um, that's true. So, Gary, me, me asking the questions about sort of why not let some of those categories go was not intended to put you on the spot. And damn it, we need an answer on this broadcast. Like that was. Not oh, no, frankly, I think we need to let some of those categories go. Yeah, uh, I'm but, not trying. I wasn't trying to dodge the question. I was just making yeah. an, the additional point of there's, you know, there's other spaces that we can do. Uh, there are categories that I think we ought to add for that matter. Um, you know, your, your, your frou-frou fantasy uh, thing, for example, with, <laughs> with NATO and the Warsaw Pact. Uh, we should have a special fantasy <laughs> category for you. So, his, his imaginations campaign. Well, so that reads, a, a, you'll, you'll have noticed, right, that the modern category, it's modern or post-World War II hypothetical. Well, why? I mean, does does like if we had a, a alternate history of American Revolution, why would that not qualify for that category? Where would that fit? I don't know. Um, so why? Why? And all four nominees this year are in fact hypothetical post World War II hypothetical games. Yeah. They're all Cold War. Well, they're not all Cold War gone hot. Uh, Indian Ocean region is is actual modern conflict. 
Yeah. And um, and I think you're the, just by dint of the march of history, I think you're you're going to get really close here in a couple of years to having to separate Cold War from modern. And I think you're going to have a cutoff with sort of fall of the Soviet Union. Maybe. Of, of things before that versus things after that, simply because there's been way too much shooting since 1989 and a whole lot of games in those spaces. That, a fair number. Yeah. That, I mean, we got to think about how many release in any given year. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. no real shortage of that. Of course, with Modern War Magazine gone, there'll be a little bit less of that now, but, uh, but still. But I think you're starting to see more games come out over the, the global war on terror conflicts. Sure. To say nothing of what you're going to start seeing in five years of the, the Russia-Ukraine conflict stuff blowing up. Um, and, and God knows what the Chinese are going to start shooting at at any moment. So there, there's, I think you're just by sheer weight of years and the fact that history marches on, at a certain point, you're going to have to draw a line at post-World War II to where things are going to have to start getting separated because the, the Korean War probably doesn't necessarily belong in the same category with, you know, U.S. and Afghanistan in the 2000s. Sure. So... And those are, you know, those are decisions that I, I expect, mm-hmm. let me, let me put it this way. Um, we're going to come up with a category list for 2022 that I expect to look different than the 2021 yeah. category yeah. list. Right. And it's, I think it should be smaller, but we'll see where we land on those decisions. In any case, it's going to be different, but I expect uh, as part of the process that we will revisit that question every year that we will mm-hmm. ask the question, you know, 2025, January, 2025 comes around. We start looking at awards year 2024. And we we look at okay, do our category based on what we see this year do, the, the, for the previous year, do, do the categories still make sense? And, and we'll have to continually revisit that. And hopefully, we can make them stable as stable as possible. But if we don't, you know, if they they can't be perfectly stable, uh, when we'll have to make changes sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. And that well, includes adding categories too, right? That I expect to add categories sooner or later, maybe yeah. sooner. Right. Uh, my, I, I mean, we're, we're at the me jotting notes down stage. Right. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, my, I, I have a, a short list of potential new categories that I think maybe we can talk about. Yeah. Hypothetical shit that Gary thinks is a fantasy game. Yeah. Exactly. We could put Harry <laughs> Potter and uh, 1985 Sacred Oil in that. And, and, and Mississippi Banzai. Right. At which I saw on a table at Compass Expo, by the way. That's that's hilarious, mm-hmm. actually. So throw are you gonna throw Case Geld in there also? Oh sure, why not? Because it's a Thai Bomba game. Well, yeah. Why? I mean any Thai Bomba game automatically gets put in the Narnia category. <laughs> 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 wow. I wonder if Ty even listens to that podcast. I'm guessing not. Probably. Uh, that's so horrible. He's, oh, he's got better things to do. Ty, we love you and and your haircut. <laughs> uh. The, the uh, again, you know, sort of the, the question about where to split the categories and how to split the categories, obviously. We could talk for three hours about that, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And not going to get solved in this podcast and, and certainly definitely not getting messed with for this year. And probably, you know, like you said, there's going to be some refinements for next year and probably every year after that. And that's what you would expect. I mean, that's that's a sign of a of a healthy process that allows you to revisit previous decisions. Also known as a them. process. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Ding, 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 ding. So speaking of the process, I'm going to have to process all 90 minutes of this thing at some point um, and, and edit around Gary coughing and me laughing and Jim just being a smart ass. So we'll, we'll end up with Well, then I won't get to say anything. What the heck? I mean, I was hoping for more smart, more flack from Jim, to be completely honest about it. Well, no, no. no I, 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 
I was look. Hoping, I was hoping to see Brant there cranking the cranking the crank, winding him up. No, I'm I'm actually now going to redo your entire charter as if it is dated to the revolutionary calendar. Uh, awesome, that would be awesome. So so um, as I've already said in the chat, the game shall have been released no later than the the uh, what is that onzem niveaus of the year in question. Now I did just as a fun experiment, this took virtually no time. I did like reformat it in three columns under with times Roman, just so it would look like uh, an SPI rule book. Nice. <laughs> nice. But, uh, good, good. You know, that's it's probably not going to get released that way. And I will, I will do that. Then, no, but then, then we have to break it into decimals. Yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's gotta be the case system, right? Yeah. The numeric so, headers. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I look, I'm sincere. It is harder to build than destroy. Anybody can tear down. God knows I do it enough. And you can even make it funny. Are there things I want changed in this charter? Yes, I do. <laughs> not not from a policy perspective, but from a drafting perspective. Yeah, don't, don't Jim, don't spend much don't spend much time on that. Okay, I, I'll send you some documentation. All right, can you give all the awards out on half inch dual chrome counters? Yes, uh, right. I was thinking of giving the awards out as like golden floppy disks. Actually, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, like that'd be like so awesome. I actually had to explain floppy disk to a staff member today. Um, but the but what do you mean like that... punch cards? It's a yeah. 3D printing of the save icon. I've seen <laughs> yes, but no, I, I look heck. I mean, the more I think about it, I think it is important that this gets its space and that it has a great robust life and goes forward and honors achievements in a space I still, though I'm a miniatures gamer, I still care a lot about. Okay. And with that as our last word, we're going to thank the audience for joining us here tonight. Um, and and again, this is the next to last episode of this season. We're going to wrap up this season, let everybody take a break for the holidays. We'll probably do maybe a live stream here or there over the holidays. Um, sure. Shortly after Christmas, we've got the ACDC. We were just talking about that on our live show, filling in for Gary the other night. And um, and, and so over MLK weekend, uh, if you don't want to go show up at a at an live in-person convention and get your hugs from the guys in Baltimore uh, at the MMP Winter Offensive, then you can hop online, hang out in your pajamas, drink your own scotch, and join us for the ACDC. Again, it's uh, 13 to 15 January, so MLK weekend. Um, we're talking 2023, right? This podcast, somebody may be listening to this two years later. Um, 13 to 15 January 2023 is going to be our, our next ACDC with uh, plenty of, of online virtual gaming. Some of it done by Jim doing miniatures gaming with pixels. And, Some of uh, it real games. <laughs> and uh, and huh? we'll see perhaps if Gary is not busy getting hugged in Baltimore that he might be uh, co- coerced into running a talk show or two for us as a part of the ACDC. Uh, in the meantime, uh, one more episode this season for everybody to look in and look forward to. And, and we definitely want to thank the audience for checking out this episode of Mentioning Dispatches. Thanks, folks. Now-